Good morning, everyone. Or should I say good evening and good afternoon, depending on which part of the world you're living in. Today is October the 29th, 2018. What a wonderful time to be alive to create the life you desire to live. My name is Latara and I'm one of the co-hosts for Graveyard to Greatness. My co-host partner is Joby. She will give an introduction of herself soon. Let me give you a little information or background on myself. I'm the mother of four beautiful lotus flowers, two girls and two boys, and the grandmother of a king. All of my children are adults now, so that's a beautiful thing to me. My grandson, I named him Josiah. I am an NLP practitioner, life coach, spiritual mentor, Reiki master, holistic health practitioner, and other gifts to this time and age we dwell in. I've been a spiritual mentor for over 20 years and a life coach for over 15 years. I've traveled to many countries globally, teaching and training leaders for leadership. My heart's desire is and always will be transforming lives one mind at a time. You may be asking, what is Graveyard to Greatness about? Well, it is a mental hand to help all people from all walks of life open the casket, graves, and the gates of their graveyards by showing the individual or group that they have had the tools within all along to unlock the thing that has held them back from experiencing true freedom. We believe that if you can identify the nature of the thing that holds you hostage from life, you yourself will be able to free you because it is your responsibility to free you. It is not the responsibility of your mate, parents, friends, or even your spiritual leader to free you. Their duty is to point out the tools needed for the job necessary. Graveyard to Greatness believe that thoughts are things and these things based on the perception of them you hold either binds you here on earth or loose you in heaven. Heaven is the mental faculty of the mind. Here we will discuss such things as how a relationship can become a grave, a casket, or even a graveyard where the living is held hostage. We'll discuss things such as how religion can be a hindrance or a stumbling block to you by not allowing your risen savior to come out of the grave because of tradition, rituals, and dogma. We'll also discuss how allowing the opinions of others will keep you from having dominion over the fowls of the air, that means your kernel thoughts, fish of the sea, that means your emotions, and everything upon the land, that means how you present yourself to the world. These are just a few of the graveyard issues we will touch on. We know that a mind is a terrible thing to waste, and we equally understand that as a man thinketh, so is he. Therefore, according to your faith, be it unto you. Until next time, may life kiss you with her abundance of her.
Good evening, everyone, or good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. Nonetheless, this is Latar with Graveyard to Greatness. And today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about marriage since it seems to be somewhat of the hot topic in the world today. You have over, depending on where you're at in the world, over 50% of people who are getting married are getting divorced just as quickly. Or you have some people who are just saying, I don't want to get married because if we get a divorce, that person is going to take everything from me or at least half of it. So it seems like everybody wants to either steer clear of marriage or get into marriage and not really understand what marriage really is for them. But what they have is a mindset of what society or what the church or what their parents or grandparents or friends have told them what marriage is and what marriage is to be for them. But they haven't set sat down to take the time out to find out what is marriage for self. And in doing so, you'll find it's nothing like what others have mapped out, transcribed or confessed or even professed or prophesied what marriage will be for you. It's an individual thing that brings two people together to make them one. But I will tell you one thing about marriage. Marriage will never be unified in the body if marriage has never taken place in the mind. Because marriage is a spiritual act long before it is a manifesting or a kernel act. Something that transpires in the body. That's the afterthought of it. So let's talk about marriage. Hmm? Marriage is a beautiful thing when understood why you want to be married. I remember some months ago, um, Spirit began to ask me some questions. And these questions were around marriage. And I was driving on the freeway and I had to pull over because the conversation got so deep that I had to pull off on the side of the road and begin to answer the questions that were put before me. And some of those questions, I want to put them out there and you want to write them down if you can and begin to ask yourself these questions. And then we'll dive into what marriage is for you. And I may be speaking mostly for what marriage is for me. The first question is, why do you want to get married? Not why you should get married, but why do you? It's a personal thing. And I understand in certain cultures, they say, oh, well, when you marry this person, you marry the whole family. So you got to think about that, too. And when you're getting ready to marry somebody from a different culture, a different race, a different religion, different backgrounds, you got to see what marriage really is for you. And in determining that, you will find out whether or not the person you've been dating for 10 years is actually the person you're supposed to be marrying. So why do you want to get married? Number one. Number two, what is the purpose of marriage for your life? 
Many people got different purposes of what they want marriage for. Some get married for money. Some get married for children. Some get married to hide behind the shadows of their life. They don't want to deal with the issues or they don't want to grow up and mature. So you you have people that, you know, want to get married for different reasons. So you got to identify what is the purpose of marriage for your life. That's number two. Number three, do you know that you don't marry a person? Rather, you marry a mindset. And if you don't spend the time in trying to figure out, I won't say figure out, but spend enough time searching your own mindset, you will end up marrying somebody that you don't want to marry And shortly thereafter, the vows are spoken, the gloves come on. And there begins the fight in the household based on the vows that were spoken. And the vows represent a promise of power. When you give your vow to someone in marriage, you're giving up your power to that person. And if you don't understand what you're doing, well, That marriage can become a grave for you. That marriage can become a graveyard. That marriage can become a casket. Depending on how well you have searched yourself and trying to understand the mindset of you and then spending enough time sitting, talking with that person, excuse me, to understand their mind. See, it's all good. You go out on the first date and y'all talk about little cute things. That's cool. You can do that. But on day number two, let's sit down at the table and let's really talk. Let's really take off the mask that we wear every day to make myself look good and drew you in. Let me pull that off and set it to the side. And I'm not talking about makeup and all of that. I'm talking about the mask that we wear to keep people from knowing who we really are. The mask that we put on that covers our mind so they won't know how messed up we are mentally until we say I do or I did. Depends on how you look at it. But you're not marrying a person. You're marrying a mindset. It is the body that carries out the intentions of the mindset and if you don't understand that person when they do something you'll be like wait a minute you wasn't like that when we were dating that's because you didn't take enough time to understand what was behind the being nice and all of that and answering the right way you were looking for Mr. Charming and Miss Perfect and now Miss Perfect ain't all what you say or thought was perfect and Mr. Charming isn't so charming after all the horse that he actually ride upon is a bull you got to take some time slow it down so you're not marrying a person you're marrying a mindset get to know the mindset and you can live what they call happily ever after but if you don't get to know that mindset that mindset gonna teach you some things in that relationship and the sad thing about it is What end up happening when you don't understand the mindset is that you can either become a victim in that relationship. You will be either controlled mentally, physically, 
or spiritually in that relationship. Because even today, there's no place where uh, the mindset of of an individual in marriage doesn't somewhat control or all right control an individual if they themselves haven't studied or cleared out the cobwebs of their own mind. Because you got some preachers that are married and their mindset, they're spiritually controlling their wives and controlling their children. But when they come out before the congregation, they have a mask on to make everybody think everything is okay. But I tell you what, if you take that cloak off of them, that they so parade around like that peacock, you will see that that's a frightened little boy or a frightened little girl underneath all of that who has never grown up. And now the two of them, the husband and wife, are in such relationship that the wife may be having to be, to be the nurturer or the mother to the husband because he refused to grow up in his childhood. He got what we call childhood uh, arrested develop- development mentality. Or it might be the wife who has that such a situation. And both of them may be children, wounded children from their past who have never grown up. So now you have two children in the household and adult bodies doing adult things that don't know how to handle adult things for marriage that are now fighting. We call that childhood rivalry. And sometimes when the two haven't grown up, haven't developed themselves mentally, maturely. So what happens is that spouse can mimic a behavior from the other spouse's childhood with their siblings. So they might be doing what is called childhood sibling rivalry. You got to be careful. We don't, we don't marry people. We marry mindsets. Even when you're doing business, you're not doing business with a person. You're doing business with a mindset. You got to sit down and take time, ask important questions, ask the right questions and not, uh, do you have enough money to take care of me? Oh, they can have all the money in the world to take care of you. But if they don't have a mindset to take care of you, you ain't never going to be taken care of. And then that speaks to you, your mindset. You want to be taken care of. So, you know, definitely you got a childhood issue. You're not an adult. Don't get married yet. Wait. Get yourself together. So, you know, sometimes I think about um, relationships and especially uh, marriage because everybody hold it up on such a grand pedestal and make you think it's the ultimate thing. And I remember in particular one time when I went into Africa and I remember asking a young lady what her name was. And she couldn't give me her own name, but she gave me her husband's name. For example, she might have said something like, I'm Mrs. Uh, Abdullah Shea. 
And I had to stop her and I had to ask her, I said, listen, that's not who you are. Sometimes in marriage or when we teach our children growing up, especially young women, we teach them to lose who they are so they can become what uh, a wife to the husband. But even in marriage, you are never supposed to lose who you are. It says when the two come together, they become one. They fuse. It's like a plug that you stick into a socket. They become one and the child that comes forth from that union. There is electricity. And what how we know that there's a right connection that is made there is that maybe the lights come on or or if there's enough power that is there, the lights will come on or the plug that we put in, you know, the flat iron may show up and get hot or the cell phone may begin to charge. If there isn't enough power in self, understanding who you are, then there is no need to even mess around with such thing as marriage. It's going to fall apart. It's going to laugh at you. Why? Because you haven't prepared. You have just set out to make yourself look like what your grandparents had, what your mom and dad may have had, or what your neighbor or the person on television have had. Everything you see as a stage doesn't mean it's for you. You got to find what is true for you. What's good for the goose isn't always good for the gander. I know they say it is, but it's not. You got to search yourself and find out what's right for you. Um, If you find yourself in such relationships, even in just dating someone, I know everybody was like, oh, well, he's good to me. And a lot of us, we're even willing to um, put up with someone uh, treating us somewhat indifferent, but not all outright. And we'll accept that. And that's because we don't love ourselves enough. And we haven't spent enough time with ourselves to understand that's not the way you treat me. See, people in any type of relationship only mimic what they see from you, how you treat you. You are the mirror to the world and the world will treat you the way you present yourself to it. So in a relationship, if you, as the young folks say, if you present yourself in a relationship as thirsty, that man will fill that cup of thirst that you have and use it up as much as he can. So that nothing overflows from the cup to the saucer that you can share with your children or society. It's only he's only filling the cup enough so he can drink from it or she can drink from it. That's control. You got to be careful in and of that thing. (laughs) It's 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 a funny thing to me to watch people tell other people who may be single in any capacity of the word. Oh, you only acting like this because you don't have a man of your own or you don't have a woman on your arm. Well, them kind of people need to rejoice. The one who is spending time alone because it's in those alone hours that truth can be discovered. But I tell you one thing. 
If all you can think about is just one, oh, I just want somebody to be here with me. I just, it's getting cold. The winter is coming. I need somebody to keep me warm. Trust me, there is a sister or there is a man out there who will come fill that spot for you. But trust me, it won't be what you want it to be. It'll look like it's going to be that. And a little bit down the road, you can say, you'll be saying to yourself, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? That very thing will be hell itself. And you brought it into existence. Not nobody else, but you. You're the one who brought that thing into existence. What do you do with such a thing like that? Marriage is a beautiful thing. And it can expand out in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter who was involved in it. But if you can identify the characteristics of the mind of the person that you wit, that there is the benefit to you. But if you're just going to sit here and play lovey-dovey and I married him because I loved him, you better ask yourself a true, honest question. Do you really love that person when you marry them? And I say this, I don't believe so. Not at first. Love comes along down the line when the two of you learn how to fuse one another, come together as one. In the beginning, love ain't there. That's infatuation. It's lust and a whole bunch of other things. That's why society says that it takes, if a marriage can last the first five years, then it can stand. Well, not necessarily. It just depends on the mindset of the two who have come together and reasoned for the marriage that they want to bring as a union. Most people don't do that. One person want to get, I just want a wife. I, I was just meant, you know, in Africa, they, in other countries, it, it's very much push. Get married. Get out of my house. Get your own husband. Go get your own wife. That's what parents teach. And they don't teach them. Uh, spend enough time to talk to the person that you call yourself going to marry. Talk to understand how they think, you know, because some people's thought process is way off. It's so off that it's um it's hurting, it's blinding, it's um unreal. You begin to ask yourself, you really think like that? Do they really think like that? The answer is yes. You can tell by the questions that they ask. When you ask them, uh, do you want children? Yeah, I you know, I always thought about being a mother. So yeah, I guess, you know, if I get pregnant, then I get pregnant. No, people who really want to be mothers, uh, they think about the whole process of it. They may not get detailed about carrying the child for nine months and what it's going to feel like, but they have already held their child or children in their arms long before they even met their mate or spouse to even conceive and give birth. They have long done this. Even people who want to get married, marriage begins in the mind long before it begins in, in the body or, or in the material world. It starts long before the end so that when it show up, it be right the right way with the right person for you, for you. So you think about those things that we're going to continue this discussion on. What is this thing we call marriage? Those questions, start on those couple of questions that I ask and see where you are in there. And then you 
think about when you sit down talking to somebody or if you're dating somebody or if you're already married. Start asking your mate some questions to understand really the mindset of your mate. So then maybe all of the arguing and fussing and things that's going on will stop. Maybe you can identify that the person that you're married is dealing with, you know, that uh, archetype that we call the child or playing the victim. You got some men and women in marriage that are also playing the prostitute. I'm going to give her this so I can get that. <laughs> we call that the John and the prostitute. Yeah. You know, and when he finished, he put the money on the table, but yet this is a marriage, but yet it is still that one of a prostitute and her John. So there are many different things going on there. So you, uh, you check that out, drop a couple of suggestions down there that we can go into details further about, you know, marriage or how we can expand this trust. I got enough information on marriage. I spent enough time sitting and thinking and talking and asking the right questions that I feel comfortable with that. Let's talk about it until next time. May the world or shall I say may life kiss you with its avalanches of abundances until then you remain blessed. Bye. I want to take some time now to add to this episode, where are you spiritually in your life? I've been asked to talk about how to forgive others and to forgive yourself. One of the things that I find um, or have found out in life is that it is very difficult for people to forgive others And the reason for that is because they've never forgiven themselves. How can you expect someone who have been through something that almost shattered them to easily let go uh, of that thing that somebody have done to them? The only way you can do that is first find out within yourself what brought on the hurt within you that you drew such a person to you that caused that same pain or caused new pain or opened up that old wound and finding out how to let go and how to heal is going to require you to do some self-examination. You're going to have to go in mentally It may take you to your childhood. Some of my traumas and uh, mental things that I went through and uh, I had to go back and dig and dig and dig like they did with uh, Abraham's well in the book of Genesis in the 26th chapter had to undig that earth in that well so that they could find the water, the water that would bring forth life. And I had to go all the way back and it took me back all the way to my very childhood days. And 
I dug up some stuff that I didn't want to deal with. But if I didn't deal with that thing or those things, then I was going to keep drawing uh, dysfunctional men into my life. And I was going to keep drawing uh, friendships into my life that would start off wonderful and be there for years and then dissipate. I wanted to heal and I had to do it by facing it. And that's the hardest thing to do with most people is to face their past in order for them to deal with their present and live out their future. Most people don't want to go travel back in time, but there's a saying is, if you don't learn from your past, then you're bound to experience it again. And so here we find ourselves with the unforgiveness. And maybe that thing that happened to you, if you go back and look at it as a child and just look at it with innocent eyes and not with eyes of uh, why me don't play the victim in finding that thing that that brought about brought about this unforgiveness of yourself and others but to look at that thing for what it really is with the naked eye and just say you know what I'm gonna stand here and look at this and don't judge it because the moment you begin to judge the thing that you experienced in your childhood be it that your parents taught you different uh I mean excuse me your parents treated you different than they treated their uh, your siblings or Maybe you were raped or maybe you were molested. Maybe you were beaten. Maybe you were the one who was tortured mentally or physically or emotionally. But if you can stand back from it and say, you know, I won't judge this, but I'll look at what it is so I can get the lesson that I was supposed to get back then. Even though I may have been young, but now I'm older, I can look at it and see what lesson can I experience it. Then when you experience it with the naked eye and see uh, by asking spirit to let you see the truth in it, let you see the beauty that would come out of it and see the love that was supposed to uh, catapult you forward in life. Let me see what this was supposed to do for me, spirit. When spirit open your eyes, then you, you can release that hurt where it was. You can release that person who brought that first uh, experience of that pain or unforgiveness that you held on tight. Sometimes we hold on to things so tight because uh, it becomes now a new security blanket because we have given up the power uh, of our life to create it. And that's why another thing you can't forgive today that you may be older somebody because you don't have the strength or the power to do so. But if you look at that thing, you'll gain your power back. And then you can look at the people today in your life, whether it's your mom, your siblings, your mate, your friends, your co-workers, you can look at them with a clean heart, with, with a renewed spirit, meaning a renewed mind. And you can say, you know what? It don't matter what you say or what you do. I'm, I'm happy with myself. And that's another thing that keeps you from, uh, 
forgiving yourself is because you're not happy with yourself. And generally it might've been someone who told you, you know, you don't look good or you're not good for nothing or whatever. And you believe that your mind at that particular time was fertilized, uh, was fertile with an egg and it was waiting to be fertilized by something. And it might depend on what you were thinking at that time. And all of a sudden that person came with that thought that you had in your mind and connected with it and impregnated you with the wrong seed. And you have been carrying that baby around to today, that unforgiveness because of what they did, how they treated you. And you, you believe that you're no good and that you're not worthy and that you're always going to be this way or always going to be that, but it's not. So it's just a, 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 a thought in the mind. And if you can release that mind, that negative energy that has been sitting there and brewing and boiling over the years, if you can just let it go and say, it was just an experience. It was something I needed to get and to learn from. It was just something to help me move on, to evolve into a better me. I wasn't supposed to carry that to term. When it happened, I was supposed to just, uh, when the, when it, tried to take memory, I was supposed to abort it. I was supposed to release that thing, not hold it, not nourish it, not woe is me, but to let it go so that you can live. You know, uh, spirits say, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But there are some of us who we don't want to live. We want to be uh, uh, sheltered and we want to be pampered because of what has happened. It's not about what has happened to you. It's about what spirit is trying to do through you. It's not even about you. It's about the experience to get you back to the spiritual being that you are. We all will go through something one way or another in our lives. For for example, with myself, the more somebody talks about me or the more someone uh, looks down on me or say I can't this and can't do that, the spirit in me since I was a child it it resonates in and in, in, in me and it causes me to show you oh i'm gonna do the very thing you say i can't and i'm gonna do it with excellence that is just something that's been born in me and i under know i understand and know that not everybody is that way but because of that same spirit in me i can turn around and look at things and people at peace. I, I've forgiven my mother for the things that I've experienced at her hand. I've forgiven my father for for dying and leaving me uh, to steal fin for myself, so to speak, in this world. I've forgiven, you know, my children's fathers, uh, both of them for what for rejecting the children and 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 not having anything to do with them i've let all of that go like a water rolling off a duck's back i hold nothing against anybody it's like jesus said the god of this world cometh after me but he finds none of himself in me see my vessel my spirit man is empty my heart is clean i i can forgive and I can let it go and I can move on. I can see you and hug you in truth and love you from afar. Why? Because I'm free. I had to free myself. I had to free my mind. Everything that transpires in our life, 
whether it be a physical thing that we phys- physically uh, experience, nonetheless, it's going to affect our mind. And the mind is the wound that holds the memory of it and the sting of it. And it reminds me of one of the treatment prayers that, you know, I, I pray. And it says that when you can meet the person in your mind that have wronged you and there is no sting of that memory, of that memory, then you are free. So what you need to do is start going back each individual that has hurt you, that have hurt you and start praying the words of release. I release you from my mind. You no longer have a hold on me mentally. You no longer have a hold on me spiritually. You no longer have a a hold on me physically. I release you and I release myself. I forgive you and I forgive myself. And the more you do that, every time you think about that person or what has happened, if you don't feel nothing in you, you free and you have forgiven yourself completely and forgiven that person. That is the key to living life in peace and in harmony. Forgive and let go because it's not you. It's not about you, so to speak. It's not about you. It's about becoming the best spiritually you can be. We have to learn how to transition from one side. Sometimes we spend so much time being in the kernel mind or or in our flesh, so to speak, that we miss the opportunity to evolve spiritually because we're liking this side of life and we do everything wholeheartedly in this side because this side is where the flesh, it keeps you held as hostage. The flesh controls your life. The flesh tell you when to get up. The flesh tell you when to go to the bathroom the flesh tell you when to go to sleep the flesh tell you when to eat the flesh tell you when to comb your hair the flesh tell you when to talk the flesh tell you when to get upset the flesh tell you when to smile flesh is ruling your life and if you continue to allow flesh that much control I know sometimes some of the stuff we can't, it's just natural. Flesh is just going to do that. Flesh got to, it's hungry. You got to feed it. It's, it's thirsty. You got to give it something to drink. You got to use the bathroom. Go ahead. But the other things you still have a choice in having control over. If you can mind your mind, you can mind your body. And the first place of forgiveness need to take place is in the mind. And once it take place in the mind, then your healing will spring forth. Your joy will come forth. Everything in your life will become new. Your eyes will just be filled with bright uh, brightness, with the bright light. Your heart will uh, just expand. You will just move in a uh, a place of love where you've never uh, moved before. You know, spirit hasn't given up on you. So don't you give up on yourself. Today is the first day of your life. Learn to live it in freedom. Freedom of what people say. Just it don't matter what they say or what they think. Get you right. Then everything else will work itself out. And the only way to get you right is to deal with your mind. Until next time, keep it moving. Don't stop bettering you 
for yourself. May life kiss you with its avalanches of abundance. Until next time, take care.